0: A small boy's definition of Father's Day is that it's just like Mother's Day, only you don't spend quite as much. (laughs) Somebody once said that a definition of a father is a man who carries pictures in his wallet where his money used to be. (laughs) One night a, a wife found her husband standing over their baby's crib. Silently, she watched him. As he stood looking down at the sleeping infant, the mom saw on his face a mixture of emotions. Disbelief, doubt, delight, amazement, enchantment, skepticism, touched by the unusual display and the deep emotions it aroused. With eyes glistening with tears, she slipped her arm around her husband's waist. A penny for your thoughts, she said. He says, you know, it's just amazing. I just can't see how anybody can make a crib like that for $46.50. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. We, we analyze everything. We've got everything down to the penny or to the to the second or to the minute but for the fathers out here this morning happy Father's Day and even more importantly to you moms who've made us dads happy Mother's Day this morning I want us to look at a biblical father a man after God's own heart a man with impeccable faithfulness To serve God in all things. A man that is the epitome of obedience. That man's name is Abraham. And God's looking for men like Abraham today. He's seeking men he can count on who will know that God provides for them, even in the middle of all the bad stuff. And it's because of this provision, because God's love is so unending. That we can have faith to believe everything the Father says is truth. And because of that truth, we can be strengthened. God is seeking obedience in fathers today. And I'd extend that to say He's looking for obedience in men today. And in women today. In the first part of Genesis 22, and we're going to be looking at Genesis 22... And If you don't have your Bible, look underneath the seat. there should be one there. This is the time when you can take your phone out and go to you version. Don't go to Facebook <laughs> or whatever that other. That, uh, what's the other one? Twitter or whatever? Um, unless you're going to text God. But go to Genesis 22. And we're going to read the first couple of verses and talk about that. In verse 1 and 2, we hear God calling out to Abraham. He says, Abraham. Abraham says, here I am, Lord. God says, take your son, your only son, the one you love, Isaac. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there on a mountain that I will show you. Now, I don't know how Abraham responded. Well, yes, I do, because Scripture tells us. But I wonder how Abraham took that message from God right to start with. And we know God was speaking to Abraham. We know the voice he heard was God because they talked a lot, they communi- communicated with each other. And on. Later in the Bible, in John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. This is the same principle. Abraham knew his shepherd's voice. He knew God's voice. So there wasn't any doubt that, as to who Abraham was talking to or hearing from. But God instructs Abraham to take his son, his only son, the one that he loves, and sacrifice him to God's glory. I'm sure that Abraham had some question or doubt in his mind. I mean, I think he did. Scripture says he obeyed without fail. But I wonder if he had any human feelings and the urge to cry out that, wait a minute, God, this just isn't right. Now remember that Isaac Sarah and Abraham's son was the son that God promised them years ago, and Sarah, sorry ladies, you have to suffer this one too, Sarah kind of scoffed a little bit, kind of laughed. Well, she was 90, 91 years old, Abraham was 100, so yeah, I'd probably have to chuckle a little bit myself. But God made them them wait another 10 years before Isaac was born. But here he is, the son that God promised to them, and Abraham is being asked to sacrifice him. Now I wonder if Abraham thought, surely God's just testing me. He's got to be kidding, right? Perhaps God is just wondering if I'll do what he says, but he's not really expecting me to act, right? if God's serious about this, maybe He was talking to somebody else. But no, I know God's voice. I know He was talking to me. How about you? You ever hear God's voice? You ever pray, ask for an answer, knowing that an answer can be yes or no or wait? You ever hear God's answer and then try to dismiss it? trying to, as we do as, as men, trying to justify what we think we heard or what we wanted to hear. Scripture doesn't tell us what Abraham thought. It does tell us what he said. But I think as a man, he might have had a few questions. Maybe God was, t- was t- testing his faithfulness God is testing the faithfulness of men and women today. Verse 3 through 8 says early in the next morning Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. So he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey where I and and I and the boy will go over there and worship. Then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac. You know, the littler kids, they get all the weight. They get to carry this stuff. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son? Well... We've got the fire and the wood here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went off together. Now, rather than spending time questioning God, Abraham obeys and begins to make preparations for the trip. Without discussion, without a committee vote, didn't ask his servants what they he thought they should or they thought they should do. Probably even without praying. He heard God tell him to do something and he was going to do it. Today more than ever, God is seeking men to hear and obey him. Now notice that Abraham shows no delay, delay in acting. He simply responds to God's calling. However, again, as a father, I wonder if he was having second thoughts. I wonder how God worked on his heart to simply obey him. Not question, just obey. What was their relationship at the time that God would know Abraham would simply react to his instructions? So Abraham packs up his son, gets the wood, gathers the servants together, going on a three-day journey. I think God made it a three-day journey to give Abraham even more of a chance to not obey, to test him even further. And we see a perfect example of God testing the will of his servant, but note that it was not more of a test than Abraham could handle. Let's say you're going to go on a three-day trip. let's say your wife decides you're going on a three day trip (laughs) don't you think you'd question okay we're going to Estes Park for three days pick a destination anywhere but traveling east that's just hot all uh... all apologies to those from Kansas don't tell Scott I said that what what kind of preparations would you make? How many times do you pack and repack the car? How many times do you relook at the map? Or do you kind of do like I do, you just jump in a car and head in the direction you want to go? Know that you you know that the car is going to make it, you've got all the preparations made, you've got reservations made. But Abraham was going for a very specific reason. And even though God set him on a three-day trip and Abraham was thinking about what he was supposed to do for three days, he still knows that he's going to obey God regardless. And after that trip, Abraham took his, told his servants to wait, gathered a firewood, went on alone with Isaac. And while traveling, and Scripture tells us they talk to one another, Isaac asking about the whereabouts of the sacrifice, and surely this is because Isaac and Abraham have worshiped together before. Abraham has taught Isaac in the way of the Lord. Knowing that if he taught his son correctly in the ways of the Lord, then he would follow that. If he was a true example of God's love and being obedient to God and he taught his son that, his son would do the same when he grew up. Proverbs 22.6 says, Raise your children in the ways of the Lord and when they grow older, they will not depart from it. What a warm, satisfying feeling it is to know that you've raised your children in the ways of the Lord and know that they serve in their churches and they serve God in those places as they are, have grown up and gotten married and have children of their own. Think of this when fa- uh, pondering a father's love. I wonder what went through Abraham's heart when... He was getting ready for the sacrifice. Knowing what the sacrifice was supposed to be. Or who. What was he thinking about? What was God thinking about? I wonder if God. Knowing all. Creating all. As Mac Owen would say. The creator of the cosmos. Did he look ahead. And think about. Providing a sacrificial lamb for the entire world in the form of His only Son. Giving His one Son for all of us. I wonder if God looked forward and started thinking about that. Now God is the faithful Father who always provides. As Abraham told Isaac, God Himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham reassured his son that he should trust in the Lord and allow God to provide and direct his path because God is always faithful. In verse 9 and 10, when they reached the place, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it, laid Isaac on top of the altar. Then he reached out with his hand, took the knife, in preparation for the sacrifice. Now I don't know about you guys but I know if I was in that position tears would be running down my face. Abraham knew that this was the Lord's will and that he, Abraham, simply had to obey. I think this is a real test of a father's love. And don't we do the same thing? Don't we offer our children up to God to allow them to be used for His glory? Isn't that why we teach them and raise them in the ways of the Lord so they can glorify God and carry on His kingdom? Dads, moms, have a unique role to train up their children to be the protector, to be faithful, steadfast examples of God's love. Parents have a responsibility to teach their young sons how to grow into good men and to teach their daughters how they should be respected and loved. This is God's will for our lives, dads. And in this story of Abraham, we have the perfect example of a willingness to obey God because God has said it should be. Now what does God do to reward Abraham for his faithfulness, for his obedience. Just as Abraham was about to offer the sacrifice physically, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son. Your only son. Then Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. God stopped Abraham in his tracks, didn't he? Ordered him not to hurt his son and provided an animal sacrifice for them for their worship. It's because Abraham's devotion and obedience to God that I believe God honored him. Are you honored today? Is God honoring your works, your deeds? Is your Heavenly Father pleased with your efforts to serve Him? Mac McClung just issued a challenge to the men of the church to step up and be a father, a father in the field. We have so many opportunities to serve God right in this place, right at impact. And it's an honor to serve God by serving this family. And I'm a perfect example. If you don't sign up, I can promise you there won't be any arm twisting. Sometimes it takes a while, it's all right. There will be encouragement. You may get phone calls. But we all have a gift. We all have something the Holy Spirit has put in our hearts and in our minds. That we can use to help serve. To extend God's kingdom. And we can learn from our children as well. We have the... The communion prayer this morning. That had to make God's heart just jump for joy. There's one final thing I want to share with you. Note how God continued to reward Abraham, not only in saving his son, but in what God promised Abraham for his faithfulness. In verse 16 through 18, it says, God says, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, You know, I don't know what you, how you read your scripture, but sometimes movie clips come to mind. And the movie Oh God, starring George Burns as God, go figure, came to mind when he was being sworn in to testify, and he said, So help me me. That's what God says here I swear by myself. I mean, what else can God say to convince you that it's Him speaking and that He alone has that authority? I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants... Will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. All the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Wow. God promised Abraham to be the father of many da- nations, and all of his offspring would be blessed now in Matthew chapter 1 it outlines the genealogy of Jesus to realize that from Abraham to Jesus same genealogy same bloodline there are 42 generations and each person in each of those generations has been blessed each individual because of Abraham's obedience If God's promise to Abraham was blessing everybody after him, what better promise could he make? What more could God provide that would be a blessing to you? Where's your faithfulness to serve him? Do we need to step up, serve more, be available more? I believe, as I said before, that God is calling out to the men and women today to be the example of what he wants us to be. We have God's permission to stand up against things that are not right. We have His permission to speak out and declare that the only way to heaven is through His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have His authority to bring to light the things of darkness. Now God's calling out men and women today to be men and women of honor who can be counted on as faithful and today we can accept this calling in our lives I know at times our earthly dads our biological dads maybe didn't step up quite as often or as all at all but I would implore each and every one of you that can get a hold of your dad today to calling to reach out your hand to say thank you a perfect time for reconciliation we're not perfect but we are men of God and the wonderful thing about a father's love is we all have men and women alike everybody not one person in here excluded has a heavenly father that loves us and today you can come right up here And I would challenge everybody to do just exactly that. You ever tell God, Happy Father's Day? Have you already? Think about it. You can do that. That's appropriate. That's good. We could come right up here and make a public profession of our faith by saying, thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for giving me a family. My dad died three and a half years ago. Still hurts. And a lot of you may be in the same position. But we have a heavenly father that never dies, that never leaves us, never forsakes us, never turns his back on us. He's a good, good father. And He's always there. So I would challenge each and every one of you to come up here today and say thank you. You're not coming to me. You're coming to Him. To tell your heavenly Father, thank you.